0: Alright, welcome to another uh, episode of Super is Natural in the Kingdom of God with Corey Pritchard. I am uh, very excited uh, to have you for another segment. Uh, if you've been listening in on uh, in, on this series, and I'd just love to be able to hear from you. They actually have a, a thing available uh, through Anchor. Uh, I believe us who this is going through as far as dealing with podcasting that allows me to actually record or listen to recordings of anybody that has anything they'd like to say. And I'd love to be able to share uh, some of those with you. So if that's something uh, that you'd be interested in, being able to share a voicemail that I can actually share on other uh, podcasts, that actually share your experience with this. And I'd love to be able to do that. Uh, there's various ways of being able to get in contact with me. Uh, so it's not really that hard, but I encourage that you reach out uh, and actually uh, do that. Because again, I would love to be able to hear what you're actually getting out of this. I've been blessed. Uh, I really enjoy uh, being able to share this information. Uh, But again, I I don't have any idea what that looks like for you and and how that's actually impacting your life specifically. Uh, So I'd love to be able to do that. So uh, with all of that being said, we're going to get into our series for today, our our episode for today. So today's episode is going to be entitled, Eat Freely in the Kingdom of God. Again, this is Eat Freely in the Kingdom of God. And I actually uh, had it on my heart thinking I was going to have to do two different podcasts in order to be able to get this out, but I'm going to do my best to try to get it all in, uh, in this actual, in this actual podcast. This is something that's totally fresh. Uh, again, right, right off the, I guess, right out of the oven, as uh, is the way I look at it. Uh, so I'm, I'm not, you know, really sure exactly how this is going to come out. To be honest, I, I've, I've worked a little bit on it in my, in my heart uh in my mind uh but for the most part, and I haven't really developed this, so this is really gonna come out the way that the Holy Spirit has for it to come so uh with that being said uh, I am under the assumption that there are people listening to the sound of my voice that have not professed hope and faith in Jesus christ maybe- maybe you don't even believe that there is a God, you would even uh, associate yourself uh with a uh organization or idea of atheism, believing there is no God, or maybe you say uh that that I would uh associate myself with what would be called agnostic, uh, saying that, uh, that maybe there is a God, but, uh, he stays in his lane. I stay in my lane. We don't have anything to do with each other. Right. So maybe you're like that, or, or maybe it is a case where you have a background, uh, of a, uh, a religion where you worship gods. Okay. Multiple gods, uh, in that, then you don't realize it, but you are actually worshiping demons as demon worship, Uh, You don't mean to do that. Okay. That's kind of a a case where the reason why I'm getting into the message today, because I want to make sure you know exactly what you're dealing with Uh, when you're talking about these millions of gods, right? There's only one God, right? And there's only one true God. Uh, and there's also religions that say, "Hey, there is a one God, but this one God is, uh, is his name is Allah, okay, which is uh, the God who is one, uh, or it could be uh, other religions that say that you know there is only one God, but it, it could be this other God, right? So it's a case where it's just all of these things that that are reality that you may be bringing in as a background uh, as you're listening to the sound of my voice." Uh, Depending on what part of the world that you're listening to, you may have not heard any of the the things I'm saying to you, right? Maybe uh, in the environment that you grow up in, there's only one religion or or maybe there's two or three religions that are major religions, but they're not at all associated with uh, with God uh, and his kingdom. And that's okay. Okay, it's just a case where, again, that's the, the beauty of a platform like this. Uh, that allows me to be able to freely be able to have a conversation with you and share truths that you can actually have for yourself so you can prove for yourself and decide what you think about it. Right. It's not about uh, Corey uh, convincing you of anything. It's not about that. And it's not about me uh, trying to make it so everything that is in uh, this message is something I'm telling you to take as a truth. And I'm telling you that your your way is is, is stupid or your way is wrong or anything like that. It's not about that. Uh, just a case where I had to realize this. I said, I am packed, right? I, I am, I am literally packed with your stuff, right? You have my stuff, but I have your stuff, and I know that I have your stuff—stuff stuff that actually is from God. I'm, I'm literally putting, placing a demand on heaven, and I'm downloading uh, from heaven and asking for your stuff. I want you to be able to have it, and I don't want to hold that stuff back. So it's the reason why I'm sitting here uh you know uh, uh, right now just about to uh share some information with you so uh with all of that being said let's get right into uh the information let me actually present my screen uh so that we can actually uh, begin for today uh, again very excited uh extremely excited about uh what this what this will actually mean uh for the people that are listening to the sound of my voice now i was driving actually in uh driving 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 here and uh just preparing for uh being able to share this information just you know again send my heart just rolling around as i'm driving up in the driveway i can't can't really get myself together just because i'm so uh excited about being able to to share this information and i realized this i realized that the reality is is that there are people that i'm going to speak with throughout my life that uh Some of those people have ears to hear, right spiritual ears to hear, spiritual eyes to see uh, they have a heart that allows them to be able to be supple and to receive the Word of God and receive uh the gospel of the kingdom of God uh but many of the people that I'm going to speak to right many of the people that I speak to that that will not be their affinity that will not be something that they desire right, and even for some of those people uh that actually will receive uh the the i guess the the gospel of the kingdom of God. Then some of those people may reject it the first uh, one or two or three or four or five or six or seven times, whatever it is. They may reject it. Right. It could be sometime later down uh, in their life that they actually uh, accept that information, accept that truth and it actually starts to bear fruit. So I had to say this. Will your response determine my uh, message? You know, will, will your response determine how I will deliver the message? And what I mean is, is normally in a religious mindset is there's an idea of forced conversion, right? So if I give you a piece of bread, if I give you uh, some kind of a uh, ration, you know, some kind of uh medicine for, for, for sickness, if I'm giving you anything, then I feel like it's your responsibility to respond back to me by accepting my God and my beliefs. Right. And I, I think how tragic is that? Right. So we go in, Speaking love, preaching, love, talking love, but then in reality, what we're saying is is that you must take my God, and you must take my religion because you're taking my stuff, and that's not at all the way that God does anything, right, or it's a case where if you're going into an environment and they say that in this territory, in this place, that the religion is this religion, and this is our belief, and if you believe anything other than that, they're willing to take your stuff right. Or to, or to hurt you, harm you, hurt your family, or to uh, or, or to even kill you, right? Even take your life because you don't believe what it is that they believe, right? So they're forcing you, right, to convert and to take those beliefs. That That is not at all the model that God has ever given to us. So I'm not coming to you from a forced conversion doctrine. I don't have that doctrine, okay? If you haven't learned that by now, I really don't have a religion. You don't know me, but I don't have it. I don't need it. I've lost the necessity of all religion right i have a true intimate deep relationship with god the father your father right i have that relationship i'm sharing with you what he really wants you to know about himself so the reality is i'm doing that from the motivation of agape right if you hadn't heard that word before some people say it as as agape right agape of god that's my motivation that is the pure love of god that says i'm going to make a decision to love you no matter what so i don't care i don't care if you are smoking Drinking, peeling—I don't care if you're sleeping with same-sex uh, people. You know, people of same sex have same-sex affections. I don't care if you have an affinity for for little kids, right? Which is hard to even think about. Somebody I had to think about this. I had to pray. I had to, woke up in, in, out of a dream. Woke up thinking, "My God, I can't love people that 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 uh that are cannibals, right?" I thought about that. I'm like, w- "What if God sent me to a place where people were cannibals and they and they ate people?" right that they had a taste in their in their mouth for human flesh i said in my heart as of right now i couldn't say that i love that person unconditionally so i had to pray and actually be delivered i said god i don't want to be that way i have to be able to love unconditionally right so if you're if you're a a, a, a person that has worshiped satan right you have gone all into all types of uh strange arts and occults and all types of things that you have done, casting spells and done sorcery, right? Maybe you've 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 even uh sacrificed some some of your kids or sacrificed somebody in your family to, to be able to do something. I mean these are hard things to 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 accept but these are reality of things that have happened in history and that are going on right now. So maybe you've done that, right? I'm not saying that I'm sharing this message to you. And then my expectation is that you respond and take the beliefs that I'm sharing with you. And if you don't, I'm not going to love you. That don't have nothing to do with that. My decision to love you is the same as what God has done. God has already decided that he loves you unconditionally, right? Not based on your actions, not based on any of those things. God has made that decision and he has shown it. He is showing you every single day. It says clearly that God reigns on the just and the unjust. The rain falls on the evil and the righteous, either either, either and both, right? So God's not determining if you're gonna get rain based on if you're good or bad. God's not gonna determine if, if the sun is gonna shine on you as an individual based on your response. That's just not the way it goes. You go outside, you get the same sun that everybody else gets. You go outside as a farmer and you could be as wretched and as rebellious, and as, as, as horrible as you want to be, and yet still your rain still comes and, and, and waters your crops, right? This is a, a, a mercy that God has. He shows that even though you don't deserve it, I'm still going to give it to you, right? You deserve penalty, not going to give you the penalty. Grace is, is getting something that you don't deserve, right? More than what you deserve. So you're getting grace and mercy. What you deserve is penalty, but what you're getting is the blessing of God right? Even without you confessing hope and faith in Jesus Christ, this is the reality of what you have that's all around you, every single place that you go. And no matter how bad your situation is, there's still grace and mercy that God is being able to show to you, right? And if you're not experiencing as much of it as you would like to, it's usually because of people, right? People that are restricting the free flow of that love, that grace, and that mercy, so it may be only coming through in little little spots little glimmers right but it's still able to come through so i wanted to make sure i could say again that i'm not sharing this stuff with you to try to get you to do anything no right you you decide you're 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 a grown up god is giving you a free volitional will to make sure that you decide What is best for you? What do you feel like is best for you, right? You make that decision and that's what God gives you. And I will never try to take that. That's what witchcraft and sorcery is. So if you're going into those things, you know what I'm talking about. You want somebody to give you something so you cast a spell. You want somebody to make a different decision so you go off into sorcery and try to control their mind, right? You you want somebody to, to, to suffer harm or have a penalty for something they did to you. So you don't want to leave that up into the natural things and the order of God to take care of those things, right? The sowing and reaping. You don't want to rely on the law of sowing and reaping. So you take it into your own hands and you and you curse that person, right? So these are just the reality of it. So these are the things that we have to understand that we're dealing with. So today's message, again, is eat freely. It is awesome. In the kingdom of God, eat freely in the kingdom of God. And one thing I, I decided is uh, uh, as I'm, I, I'm sharing this message, I guess I'll, I'll do it this way. I was going to tell this story, you know, in my mind somewhere, you know, uh, down the road or, or whatever, as far as the session goes. But let me go ahead and share it with you. I live in America. Right. In you in the great United States of America. So I'm not sure where you are listening to this from. You could be in America or you could be somewhere else. And the reality is people are, are, are sacrificing everything, dying, everything, doing whatever it takes to actually gain citizenship in the in, in this in this United States of America. Right. So it's a great, great association with the kingdom of God. Right. Because you're, you have this perception or perceived idea of this great country. But yet still, there's people in this country that are committing suicide every single day. We have higher rates of suicide probably than anywhere. The only other place that may have a higher rate of suicide is in communist countries. That's just the reality of it. So people are here, they're sick, right? Even though we spend more money in healthcare in the United States than any other place in the world, number one, in the expense as far as what we spend in health care, then we have the worst system as far as what it's actually able to produce, right? What it's actually giving to the people. That's just the reality of it. So uh, many countries are spending far less, but getting far more out of their healthcare system. So we're, it's, just, it's just a lot of things. And not to beat down the United States, I live here. There's many things I love about this country, right? And, and I'm not trying to say that, but I have to also be honest. If we're going to be honest with each other, if we talk about the good and the bad, right? So if I'm going to share with you a good friend of mine or somebody, you know, that I have an association with, you've never met them before. And I only tell you the highs. And I say, man, this person is just just all of these things or right? all of these positive things. But then I know in my heart that there are some really important negative things that are going to come out if you spend any time with them. If I don't tell you about those negative things, then what you should do is you should question my my judgment and character, right? So let's be honest about this, this great state or this United States of America. There are highs, right? There's a land of opportunity. You can come here and you can, you can have the opportunity to be as rich as you want to be, right? Or as poor as you want to be. That is a reality. But there's also a tremendous amount of rebellious and godlessness that goes on here that I'm not sure if it goes on anywhere else in the world, to be honest with you, okay? Just selfishness and, 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 and citizens acting like spoiled, rotten children, right in a place where every motel and hotel in the whole country has a bible right has a bible in the nightstand yet still you can have people who can every single day every single day completely deny and ignore the existence of god and what he has clearly done right that's okay that's just that's just the reality of it so what i'm saying is that in this country that that statistically and this is for, I believe, my whole uh, adult, you know, life. Uh, either that, either the whole of my adult life, or a majority of my adult life, that that the that the divorce rate, as far as the way they report it, it reports around fifty percent. So about half of the people that get married is that they actually uh, wind up divorced. Okay, based on the way that they statistically report it. So here's the thing that you want to keep in mind if you you know looking at numbers and looking at statistics that. There's a rule that's the economics, you know, great. One of these these guys, he came up with this rule called the 80-20 rule. okay I encourage you to check it out. But when you're dealing with science, realize that good science is only an observation of what is already in existence. Good science is an observation of truth. Right. It's an observation of what is really going on so that you can get in alignment with how those things work. Right. So they don't create any laws. They don't create anything, but what they do is they observe the law so we can actually align with the law and see how things work. That's good science. Bad science, it actually will what? Disconnect uh, uh, the thing from God or its, cre- or its creator. It will try to disassociate or disconnect a thing from its creator, which is God, and then tell you some other thing about why it was created or how it works. And that's when everything starts to get a little bit wonky once it when it, becomes, when it comes to science. But the reality is that when you, even when you're talking about economics, and good economics is just an observation of truth. It's just an observation of the way that things are, the way that things have been, right? Putting those things together and then being able to state it how it is so that you can get wisdom from it to apply to your life to be able to have success. That's what good economics is, right? So this, this gentleman who came up with this 80-20 rule, he did not invent it. Pay attention to what I'm saying. All he did was digest tons and tons of historical information tons and tons of truths and facts tons of it and then based on what he saw he said man this is the reality usually you have around 80% of the people who are impacted by 20% of the uh, 20% of the people right so uh we're talking about, um, accidents, car accidents, perfect example. We're talking about car insurance. Okay. One, a a profession I have as far as my licenses as a life insurance life insurance agent. So what you do is you have these people called actuaries who actually were responsible, now it's more computers to actually decide the likelihood of, of an accident happening. Right? So here's the reality that if you don't penalize some people more than others, then you're not going to be able to collect enough money in order to be able to make it so you can be profitable in offering insurance. Why? Because of this 80-20 rule. Here's the reality: is that if you pan it down, it could be you know 25%, 23%, 19, 18%, right? But it's going to be right around 20% of drivers are going to account for 80% or nearly 80% of the accidents. That's the reality, right? You have, uh, I, I'll say it this way, it'll be uh, somewhere around 20% of individuals who will be responsible for 80%, right? Or nearly 80% of all the murders. So this is a powerful truth, right? That will not change. This is a reality of what goes on. So when we're dealing with America, then it talked about this number that's presented that's around about 50% of the households, right? Are destroyed. 50% of the marriages end in, end in, end in divorce. The reality is, is that it is that number is shared in ignorance or void of this reality of this 80-20 rule. Why am I saying that? Because if you have, say, and I gave a scenario, I'm sure there's probably more or maybe less. I believe it's probably more divorces. Say in a, in a, in a span of time, either over a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years. Say that there's a, a hundred thousand divorces. If there's a hundred thousand divorces, then what we would associate or think in our minds is that there are one hundred thousand different marriages who end in divorce. Does that make sense? Okay, so you have two people that are that are that are married. So we're talking about one hundred thousand new pairs of people that actually end in divorce or are separated. So we say, wow, man, look at all these divorces. But the reality is is that really? If you look at the number, if there's one hundred thousand divorces that are that are that are uh, are reported, the reporting of one hundred thousand divorces, then really what you'll have is you'll have about twenty percent of the people that are actually responsible for that eighty percent, right? They're responsible for say, in that case, if we're talking about eighty percent of divorces, if it's a hundred thousand uh, dollar, a hundred thousand uh, uh, a uh, number then think about this. What they're saying is if it's 80% of 100,000, then that means there's 80,000 divorces, right? So you say, wow, now let me sit back and think about this a little bit, Corey. So you're saying to me that 80,000 divorces in this scenario is that you only have 20,000 people that's responsible for the reporting of over 80,000 divorces. Absolutely. Right now it could be a little bit less than 20%, could be a little bit more, could be a little bit uh, above or below 80%, but when you look at the numbers and you really digest the numbers, then what you find out is is that you have this this small group of people that accounts for most of the destruction. That's the reality. So what does that say then? That says that there are multiple individuals that have more than two divorces, right? Many of those probably would have three or more divorces. Only a few people actually have one divorce, right? So you have uh, some of those people, not only do they have more than one divorce or more than three divorces by themselves, they actually have divorces themselves and then they marry other people who have multiple, multiple divorces. Think about that. So say if you have two individuals one person has three divorces the other one comes in with four divorces now what you have is you have two people that are responsible for how many divorces seven divorces right isn't that crazy to think about and then if they if they actually divorce each other now each one of them have one more divorce now how many reported divorces do we have right nine divorces so you can have two people that can be responsible for nine divorces this is crazy right And the reason why I want to make sure I can say that is this is just painting a a realistic picture of what actually goes on, right? This is not uh, what's reported in the news. This is not what you hear. This is what's called truth. What you hear normally is propaganda. So you have to be able to know how to dig through some of this information so you can actually get the truth so you can hear what's actually going to benefit your life. Okay, so that's just one thing. So when I dealt with that, I said, wow, okay, so if that many... Divorces are reported. Then the reality is, we still have broken homes. There's still children that are affected by these divorces, no matter what. There's still a hundred thousand divorces in that scenario. Again, go back and look at the numbers for the United States or for your country individually. But it's a case where, if it, if the number is that high for divorces, then what about children who are born from parents who have premarital sex, right? Parents who had sex and the, and the woman was 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 uh, with child became you know she was pregnant and 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 the, And they were never married, right maybe never had an, any intention of being married, right? so what is the likelihood of these two individuals with no legal commitment to each other actually staying married? Think about that they're very they're far more likely not to actually stay together and again, if you're looking at those numbers, you're talking about uh, a, a great enou- a great amount of people where you have fathers where we think about all of these you know, children that, that are being uh, born out of wedlock and without parents. The reality is, again, let's be honest, that you're talking about uh, uh, probably uh, 20% of fathers, right, that would account for 80% of these ch- uh, uh, children that are born out of wedlock. Isn't that crazy to think about? So we're not talking about so many people. We're just talking about so many children that are affected by a few people, by a smaller population of people. So again, what I'm saying is, There's around 20% of these men, okay, that have no intentions on getting married, have no intention on having any commitment to the woman, that 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 one man could have 10 different babies' mothers, right? In America, call them baby mama, right? (laughs) Or baby daddy. So it's a case where you could have this one man that could have 10 different babies' mothers, and he could have possibly multiple children with all of those. So now you're talking about one person that could be responsible for, you know, dozens of of, of families that don't have a father. This is crazy. Right. But this is the reality of it. Okay. so taking another step uh, deeper, if that is a reality, then there's also a reality that there are children who are actually being abducted from their families. Right. Mom and dad actually want their children. Right. Or there could be a mother or and or a father that actually want their child But the reality is that somebody comes in and they actually take that child from them, steals the child. Right. Now, here's the thing, the reality of it. Okay, there's movies that depict this as different things that that, that share it. Uh, But the reality is it's possible that somebody could come in that has a very bad intent, has no good intent for that child. They could come in, devise a plan about how they could catch the attention and gain the trust of the child. Could be by offering them uh, some sort of candy or some sort of treat or some sort of fun or entertainment it could be offering something like that just to lure them in and to be able to take them. That's possible. It could be a, another possibility that, that, they, that the child could be lied to, right? To gain the trust of the child. Hey, uh, I, I'm a good friend of your mom or your dad. I'm a, I'm a co-worker of your mom and your dad. Hey, your mom or your dad told me to come and take you, told, told me to come pick you up. Your mom and your dad say you're supposed to stay with me until they get off of work. Right, the child is innocent and not thinking that this person has any 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 harm in mind. So what do they do? They put their confidence in the person, and now they're taken away. Right now, if the child knew, you know, from the beginning that this that this adult, if he told them exactly what he was planning on the planning on doing with them, they they would definitely not go with the adult. Right. So here's the reason why I'm saying all of that. I said all of that to lay this foundation to make sure you can understand what's going on. So if you get a chance, what I suggest you do is look at Galatians chapter one verses, uh, 20, what is that? Um, but starting at verse number 28. Okay. Go, go, go start at verse number 28. And then what I would like for you to do is, is read from chapter one, verse number 28 and read all the way through chapter two, verse number 17. Okay. And here's the thing: what I want you to do, look at it like bookends. Obviously, read the entire Bible, right? Obviously, read the entire book of Genesis. Obviously, read all uh, the all the words of the verses in these chapters, but pay specific attention to that, because here's what here's what we have going on. Okay, so painting painting this picture, understanding what's going on. So you're you're taking a look, okay? Archiving those scriptures that I talked about, okay? And I'm going to make reference to those again in just a moment. Also, look at. Uh, the first uh, few verses uh, of chapter number three in Genesis, you can look at the whole chapter, but but obviously I want you to focus on maybe the first uh, 10 or 15 chapter uh, verses, uh, 10 or 15 uh, verses that, that are depicting what actually happened in this first account between um, Adam and Eve and and the adversary, okay? And, and the serpent, uh, Lucifer and the serpent. So here's the reason why I'm saying all of that. That when you're talking about this divorce that happens, then what happens is the child is going to have a perception of their parent based on the parent that they're with. So if their parent hates the child's father or mother and they spend a lot of time with that parent, then what they're going to hear is how no good the other parent is, how much of a liar that other parent is. They're going to hear all the negative things about that parent in many cases, not all cases, but in many cases. So now that child can have a perception of their parent that they wouldn't normally have if they were both living in the household together and they had an opportunity to make that own, just make that decision for their own, for their self. They wouldn't have that opportunity. Again, the same thing about ch- uh, children that are that are born out of wedlock, right? They have the mom or the dad that they spend all of their time with or, or most of their time with. Maybe they spend a little bit of time with the other parent and maybe they don't spend any time with that parent. So the only thing that they have to be able to base uh, a a a characteristic or an idea of what the, what their mom or their dad was like is by their mom, right? Or their grandparent, right? Whoever the adult is the child to spend their time with. So what they hear, he's no good. He's terrible. She's terrible. She's this, she's that all these negative things. So now again, this child has this perception of the parent, even though those things may or may not be true, but they're, but they're picking all of this up from the parent. Now, here's the last scenario I'd like you to think about. Think about the scenario where I said that these children are being abducted, right? What type of information do you think that the abductor would actually share with that child? The reality is many of these children, they don't make it out, right? They are killed. That's the reality. But there are some children that actually grow up as adults separated absent ignorant of their biological parents right so the reality is that you have this other adult that's in the picture raising this child so i'm quite the question is what type of information do you think that this adult would share about this child's biological parents lies right propaganda, right? It's, it's probably impossible to think that they would actually share any truth about the parent because chances are this individual doesn't even know the parent, right? They don't have any idea about the parent. So they're probably going to tell the child that, that your parents didn't want you, right? That I saved you. I rescued you, right? They they threw you out. They didn't want you. Your parents were bad, horrible, terrible people, right? They wanted to hurt you and I saved you. All types of propaganda lies, so the thing about the child is the child doesn't have the opportunity to actually make a determination for his or herself about the parent, okay? Why am I saying all of that, okay? Because when you look at uh, Genesis chapter three and you look at this uh, this account, then what you find out is, is I've done this myself, right? I have blamed Adam and Eve and I've said all types of bad things about them. But here's the reality, that they were deceived, right? Neither one of them really, uh knew exactly what it was that they were giving up they didn't know exactly what it was that they were actually getting and what what this what this adversary what this enemy had planned for them right no different than a child uh that walks up to a truck or a van and uh, sees some ice cream or some candy right the only thing they ain't got but one thing on their mind right how that ice cream or how that candy is going to taste in their mouth that's it they ain't thinking about anything else or if this adult is 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 offering this fun activity they're going to have They got an image in their mind of this this fun they're going to have. They're not thinking about anything else but the fun that they're going to have, right? So it's a case where when we're dealing with this adversary, then he played that same trick on Eve, right? Eve was pure, not perfect, right? But she's like a child pure in spirit. So she didn't really have any real bad malicious intent. The enemy of the adversary did. So when you read that account and she's looking at this tree, right? And she sees the fruit that, that it seems like it's good, that it, that it could be good, it tastes good, that it could uh, make her wise and, and it could offer these things, right? She's just thinking like a kid, right? Thinking like a child and not really understanding what happened. So the reality is what happened for all of us is that Adam and Eve became spiritually abducted, right? This is crazy. This is just fresh out the press for me. i never saw it this way before. That you had Adam and he, Eve that became spiritually abducted by the adversary, right? They're, they're now they're now taken. They were born in in, in light, right? Adam was 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 actually formed the dirt as dirt formed. God shaped and formed him, okay, as a man, and then he actually created him. Actually drew Adam out of himself, breathed Adam, right? The life of Adam breathed breathed the the, the life of God, okay into Adam's nostrils. Adam became a living soul. This is a crazy thing to think about. God could have created all of humanity the same way he created Adam. He didn't have to stop with Adam. God chose to take the woman out of Adam the same way he chose to take Adam out of himself. Powerful thing, right? So we're seeing the intentionality of God so he takes takes the woman out of man, right? She is a living soul. And and now they're and now they're to, now they're together. So th- this is the reality of them born of this light. Now you have these people, these two individuals who have been deceived. Now they are abducted, and now they are taken under the bondage of darkness and evil. It's a scary thing to think about. Okay, so what do we have? Do you think that this adversary, this enemy, is going to raise them up, telling them the truths of God? Absolutely not. Right. So that's where you are today, okay? That's where I am today. All of humanity was birthed out of Adam and Eve after they had forfeited their rights in the garden, after they had forfeited their connection with heaven, right? Becoming disconnected from heaven. After the the Spirit of God had left because of this rebellion, after the Spirit of God had left, you were born out of that. You were born in darkness. I was born from darkness, right? Right? And I was raised up by this adversary who was telling me all types of lies about my daddy, right? Telling me all types of things that are not the truth. So that leads me up to uh, Genesis chapter one, verse 20, 28 uh, through uh, chapter number two, verse 17. Okay. So what you find in this, in this body of scriptures is, is that God actually is telling his children, he's telling Adam what he has given him the, given him the power, the equipment, the authority to be able to do, right? God is saying to you, what? Freely eat. (laughs) It's a powerful thing. He's telling Adam all these things. And when I looked at it, I said, wow, there's at least seven do's that he's telling Adam to do before he mentions the don't that's mentioned in, in, in Genesis chapter two, verse number 17. Isn't that crazy to think about? So because of religion and because of these lies that we receive from this adversary, then we're always thinking that God is a fun sucker, right? He's a joy kill, right? He's a party pooper because, because the enemy is always telling you all these things that God is saying, don't do this, don't do that. You can't do that, right? And as a good parent, okay, if you think about this, a good parent, if he's telling his child, no, it's, normally it's because it's not good for the child. What good parent would I be if I always told my kid yes? They wanted to eat as much candy as they could, which could rot out their their teeth and do all kinds of stuff to to throw off the blood sugar levels in their body and hurt them. They wanted to go play out in traffic, and I said yes. They wanted to allow all types of horrible things that they could associate their their physical body with at any age, okay, that could be of harm and detriment to them and other people. They want to put substances in their body that could harm and hurt them. They want to do all types of things to their detriment, and what do I say? Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. What kind of parent would I be knowing the consequences that are coming, right? I would not be a good parent. So God is the same way. God places uh, uh these barriers, these guardrails in place to be able to help us. So if God is saying no to something, it is not for your good. I'm telling you, now here's the reality: is it possible that it could feel good? Absolutely, right? So if you're in homosexual relationships. Is it possible that you have found that that same-sex relation, it feels good and gives you some type of satisfaction? Absolutely. It's hard for me to believe that you would continue to do it if you weren't getting some type of satisfaction, right? Is it possible that you could uh, go into a premarital sex, which I was engaged in very actively, okay, and find some type of experience and pleasure from that? Oh, absolutely, right? Is it possible that when you drink uh, uh, alcohol or some sort of uh, some sort of substance that kills your your brain cells, that you experience some type of high, some type of pleasure from that? Is it possible that you could take some substance and pump it into your your veins and get some kind of substance, uh, some kind of high from that substance? Is it possible that you could smoke whatever it is, okay, and you could get some kind of high or pleasure from it? Is it possible? Yeah. Is it possible to engage in any type of uh uh sexual thing watching things putting putting things in your uh, in front of your eyes is it possible that you could have these different experiences that you, that could present pleasure and provide pleasure absolutely right the same thing same thing with kids that are doing whatever they're doing but here's the reality that if god's saying it's not good for you, he's not saying it doesn't feel good. He didn't say, "Son, I don't want you to do it because it doesn't feel good." He's not saying, "Daughter, I don't want you to do it because it doesn't feel good." He's saying, "I don't want you to do it because it's going to destroy your life and it's going to be harmful to you." He's saying, "I don't want you to do it because it's going to be harmful to the community and other people." You're not only only going to harm yourself; you're also going to harm other people that's around you, right? So, so, and and the and the worst part of it is. He's saying, I don't want you to do it because it's going to create a wedge between me and you. I want an intimate relationship with you. I want to walk in you and dwell within you. But because of this thing that you're doing, now it's a wedge and separation, a goal for a gap that's, that, that cre- that's created between you and your father, right? So here's the reality of it. So when we're looking at those, those again, that's those bodies of scriptures, here's the reality of what God says. Have dominion as a command, wow, right? The things that you have been forfeiting your your purity for, right, been willing to work and give everything for, to have dominion, right? Thinking that money is gonna be your way to have dominion. God freely gave it to Adam, right? That's what he wanted you to have. He says to what? Have dominion. He says what? To go subdue the earth. He wants you to subdue the earth, not for its harm, but for its benefit. So all of humanity have been going through, right? Showing dominance over animals, showing dominance over plants, showing dominance over territory, right? Why? All trying to work out this 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 thing that God has freely commanded man to do from its origin. What? Subdue the earth. He tells man to what? Be fruitful and multiply, which are two different things. Fruitfulness is actually what comes out of you, what is produced from you. God always wanted you to produce from heaven right? Have produce or production from heaven, not from hell. But the reality is you're still being productive. You're still producing everything. Listen to the music that we hear, the movies that we see every single day. Now think about this. This is the thing I had to say for myself. I want you to consider this. Now, who should I blame more? If I have a a person who sits down and in their mind, they think about how many ways that an individual can be killed. How many ways that an individual can be tortured and, and suffer harm and, and 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 all types of pain? They think about it. Then they stop and they sit down and they write it down and they write it down all, all types of detail. Then they do their best to try to draw pictures of it. And if they can't draw good enough pictures and what they do is they bring an artist in who is who is who is just as sick as they are that artist comes in and that artist begins to paint the pictures of what this person has seen in their mind that's been created in their heart. And then those people get together and say, you know what? Well, I'm an artist, but I'm not good enough as a filmmaker. So why don't we bring a producer? Why don't we bring some filmmakers in to help us bring this to reality? So they do all of this, spend all this money and time and they bring horror, right? They bring all these horrible, demented things to the screen. And you see all of this evil that now is presented on your computer screen, that now is presented on your television screen, right? These are people who intentionally had to do it and they had to start from an idea that actually began in someone's mind that started in someone's heart. That's the scary thing. So here's the thing. What I would normally have done in the past is I would have blamed the individual that actually produced that movie or produced that so-called art. And that's the scary thing to think about. Think about this. These people... The person that, that wrote it, the person that produced it, the person that did the uh, the, uh, the 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 special effects, all of these, whoever is involved with the movie, all of those people are competing to get awards. Every year, these 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 um, uh, so called filmmakers, they call them artists. All these people will someone will get an award for being the worst, right? They'll call it the best, but literally, you are talking about the worst. So you're getting awarded for being the worst. Now, here's the question I have for you. Normally, I would blame the writer. Normally, I would blame the artist. Normally, I would blame uh, the person that's responsible for the special effects. But then here's the scary thing I had to realize. If they make something that's so horrible and so terrible that nobody wants to watch it, who cares? Here's the challenge. Is that you have the box office that actually shows the heart of the people millions of dollars that people are paying to actually go into these theaters and watch it millions of downloads, millions of views millions of likes, millions of follows, followers you have all of this attention that people are giving to it so who do I blame? I don't blame them nearly as much as I blame the people who are what? Supporting them encouraging them, allowing them to be able to have money to what? Make another movie to go do it again. They couldn't even do it again if it wasn't for your money. So the reality is, is that now you should stop and say, my goodness, think about the pornography that I've watched. Think about the horror movie that I've watched. Horror movies, right? Because most of us are watching tons of them. Think about the plays that I've watched. Uh, that I've watched. Think about the books that I've read, right? Think about all of these things that I have have given my attention to and paid money money for and the reality is, is that that is a, a, a true depiction of the influence of the adversary in your life, right? That is growing up in darkness, growing up under darkness because your daddy taught you all these things, right? And for some people, that's, that's exactly in real life, exactly what happened to them. They didn't have a good father. Right, Or a good adult in their household, you could have been molested when you were when, when when you were a child. You could have been molested throughout your life, okay by the adult or by siblings. That's the reality. You could have neighbors or family members that could have molested you. You could have had a, a dad or a mom or a grandparent that smoked drugs with you that, that allowed you to drink. okay, That did it with you. They gave it to you, right? You could have had uh these adults in your life who actually promoted you actually doing these evil things. They sat down and watched the the horror movies for you. Right. They gave them to you. Matter of fact, suggested it for you. They bought the ticket for you. Right. They could have been ones who who actually gave you the pornography. Right. paid for the pornography. Right. That is the evil influence that those adults have been under that those neighbors were under, that that, that that aunt or uncle, those people that were supposed to protect and love you and, 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 and to be able to show you the love of God and they showed you the love of the adversary, right? He don't have no love, right? They showed you the evil darkness of the adversary because that's all he has. So the, the, the reality is when I'm sharing these things with you, that's what sets on my heart is that God is saying to you what? Have dominion. He says to subdue the earth. He says to you to be fruitful. These people are bearing these fruits of unrighteousness, fruits of darkness. God is saying, no, son, no daughter. I have given you the ability and and the equipment to be able to be reconnected right back to heaven so you can produce from light. Right. Produce light, produce fruits of righteousness on the earth. Right. And to multiply, multiply what? What are you currently multiplying? Okay, for many of us, it's multiplying again—that same darkness, that same evil. Right? You were hurt, and now you're multiplying that same hurt. You were molested, so you are multiplying that same molestation. You were uh, uh, under drug addiction, so you're multiplying that same drug addiction. You are—you were, are were, uh, addicted to, to to whatever sexual fetish that you have. So now you're multiplying that sexual feti- fetish, and now it becomes like a a a plague right? That that people are becoming infected by this evil, this darkness that is spreading from you, okay? That's just the reality of it. God never wanted you to multiply anything other than himself. That's the reason why he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross, to bring back the original, to be able to set you back and to set me back to our default setting. That's a powerful thing to be set back to your factory setting, right? To be set back to your default setting, that's what God is expecting. So then you're able to what? Multiply. Not evil, not darkness, but what? Rightness, righteousness, good, love, peace, joy, right? So here's the reality is that uh, we have this word called Christianity that people associate with Jesus Christ. But when you do the history on that, then what that word comes from it came from people who were not following Jesus Christ, observing people that were following Jesus Christ. So it saw, they saw that this, these people were, were walking in this light so seamlessly, and they were looking just like Jesus that they said, these are little Jesuses. We kill, we crucified this Jesus. How is it that now we crucify this one person, and then we find all these little Jesuses popping up all over the place? So they called them little Jesus, so they called them Christians, right? They called them actual Christians. So here's the thing that we're talking about. We were designed to be little Jesuses, to be carbon copies, casts, models, blueprints. We're supposed to be duplicated from Jesus Christ. So to when somebody sees you, they can't tell the difference between you and the Jesus Christ that came in the flesh. They cannot because everything that you're saying and doing it models that. That's what it's supposed to be. So the challenge is, is that religion actually stole that, right? So for most people that that call themselves Christians, the reality is you look nothing like Jesus. Don't talk like him. Don't act like him. Don't have the works and demonstrations of Jesus. Don't love like him. Don't forgive like him. There's none of that, right? So the target that you actually have, that you've been shooting at, you may have hit it. Maybe you're an awesome Christian. Maybe you are a, 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 a phenomenal Christian. Maybe they celebrate you for how wonderful of a Christian that you are. But the reality is you may have hit that target dead center, bullseye, and totally missed the mark of the kingdom of God, totally missed the mark of Jesus Christ, right? And that's what has happened for many of us and many of us that have been hurt by, by religious people, hurt by people that claim to be a follower or, or a minister of Jesus Christ, right, would have been hurt by these people, right? But it's because, again, the target is not correct. They hit targets. They're aiming for targets, maybe even missed the target. But the target they're, that, they're, that they've never been told about is what? The kingdom, right? So that's the reason why I get so excited about being able to come and share the truths of the kingdom of God, because it's a reality, God has given you access to an entirely different government, the original government, an entirely different nation, the, the original nation, got, that God has given you access to an entirely different kingdom, right? The original kingdom. So here's the reality of it, is that this kingdom, the kingdom of God, it was not the Garden of Eden, okay? It was not. This kingdom of God was actually planted on the inside of Adam. He was planted on the inside of Adam's heart and then Adam was actually planted in the garden. That's the reality, right? This is powerful to understand. Powerful to understand, okay? So again, I said that just going through, looking at these benefits, right? Multiply. He says also to, to, to keep and to till, right? For most people, you've never even heard of what that means to keep and to till but God had it. So Adam's responsibility, what is to, is to serve, right? And to protect. So when the people that were around you allowed you to be taken uh, uh, into all types of evil things, they may have done all types of evil things. They didn't do their job, right? They didn't protect you. They didn't serve you, right? If it was a spouse that was supposed to, you know, they married you, they said till death do us part. Right? Sickness to health, you know, uh, 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 through sickness and health. And then they left you. They cheated on you. They did whatever it was to you. Here's the reality they didn't fulfill that command that God commanded Adam, which is what? To to serve and to protect. Adam didn't do that for, for his wife Eve, right? So when she's having this conversation with this adversary, he's taking over the body of this serpent. Don't know why you're having a conversation with a serpent anyways, but she's having this conversation with this serpent and it's not in the absence of, 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 of Adam. How do you know that? Because when she took the bite of the, of, of this, of this fruit, then she actually gave it to him and he took a bite. Right? So what he should have did is stomped on the head of that, 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 uh, that serpent should have killed him. Right? Spoke to it. Right? Told him to to die or whatever it is. He should have, he should have did what he was supposed to do to what? Protect his wife. So the reality was, is he was sleeping. He was not protecting and serving his wife. So what I'm saying to you is, is that the reality is in life, the reason why things that are harmful and and, and, and terrible happen to you is because we were not at the helm. We were not doing our job. The people that were around you were not protecting and serving you, keeping and tilling the way that they were supposed to, okay? So Adam not only didn't protect and serve Eve, now because of his... uh forfeiting the rights because of his declaration of independence. Now he did that for all humanity, not just humanity, but all creation, right? So now all of creation is under the bondage of this darkness. All creation has been hurting, right? Under this bondage and imprisonment of this adversary. So Adam did not till. He did not keep. He did not serve. He did not protect creation. And that's what God uh uh, wanted him to do okay now here's the last thing the last command that God that god gave adam was to freely eat this is a powerful thing when you start to get this you say what now you already told said said that god is a good parent so god is saying uh no you know pretty often because he's a good parent he's saying no you don't need that because it's, it's not good for you but now you're telling me that god told adam to freely eat, right? Now you think about what I'm saying to you. It's like saying to a child, hey child, hey son, hey daughter, hey, I'm gonna allow you to do whatever you want to do. Here's you can eat as much as you want and, you, and you're good to go, right? How could how could a father, a good parent do that in confidence that the child is not gonna hurt themselves? Now here's the powerful thing that you wanna understand about this is that God never told Adam to go freely eat of the earth pay attention adam was placed in the garden and he was given the entire planet the entire earth as a possession as a territory but the reality is that his command to freely eat was only to eat of what was in the garden why because the only dangerous thing that was in the garden was the tree of good and evil right and that tree was only allowed to be there because if it was not there then adam's free will would not be activated right god couldn't honestly say justly that he had given adam free will if he didn't give him something and tell him don't do it and give adam the choice to do it right that seems crazy to think about right but it actually activates the free will of of adam So the Adam has to choose and is given the the ability and the right to be able to choose every single day walking through this garden if he's going to follow the command of God, right? So he activates their free will. So he says, son, don't do that, okay? So it's the reality that when Adam is in this environment, that everything in this garden that he could freely eat because God had made it what? Good. God created it and he said that it is good. So it was only nourishing beneficial things that were there for Adam and for Eve. So he says to him, what? Freely eat, right? So there's a reason why God didn't say that you should go freely eat outside the garden of the wilderness, a place that was not subdued, that was not tamed, right? Thistles, and, and thorns and all types of things that they have no business being eaten, so it's just a powerful thing to understand. So what I'm saying to you with all of this to be said, God has brought you his kingdom, right He has brought it back again re returned it so every time you see the prefix "re" is to give you back what you once had what you once had reception right so you're 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 receiving it again, receive right. You're receiving it again and again and again, what you had already had, you lost it and you got it back. You received it, right? Restored. So you were already perfect. Something happened and it hurt you and now you're restored, right? So it's a wonderful thing to understand that. So the kingdom of God is not anything that's new. God is only giving you back what you once had and what you lost and what you ultimately desire in your heart. That's what is actually happening. So it's a powerful thing that what we have going on is that God is saying to you that I'm giving you that back. How did it come? It came through Jesus Christ's son, bringing the kingdom back, okay? So if you have not made a confession in Jesus Christ, I encourage you to do that, okay? Read Romans 10 and 9 if you want to figure out where that's at, okay? Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. He is your owner. He's your master. Confess that you believe that he was risen from the dead, okay? Confess that you believe that he's the son of God and actually believe it in your heart. At the moment that you believe that you receive this great salvation and you become a brand new person on the inside. Now, why will God do that? Why will God want you to have this salvation to become renewed and brand new? Because that's your default setting. He just returns you back to what happened or to the setting that Adam had before he actually transgressed. So he returns you back to your default setting to make you spiritually perfect, right? Spiritually brand new again, why? And the reason why is because he wants to give you the gift of himself, to return that great gift back of himself so that you can dwell, he can dwell within you, so that he can walk around in you. Isn't that a powerful thing? God wants you to have that. And you can look at a a chapter or a verse in Luke chapter 11, verse number 13. It says, What good parent, if their child asks for a fish, would give them a serpent? Or if their child asks for a piece of bread, would give them a rock, right? So these are our parents that he would consider to be evil. Because in contrast to comparison to God, then everybody's considered to be evil, right? He says, if they could give a good gift to their children, then how much more will your father in heaven give you his great gift of the Holy Spirit if you ask? Because that's what he wants you to have. He wants you to have himself dwelling and living on the inside of you. It's a powerful thing to understand that. So if you haven't done that before, then I encourage you again, after you make that confession, first of all, repent of your sins, right? You know that you messed up, right? You know, you jacked up. So that's okay, right? You ain't got to get it together. You just need to acknowledge it. Ask God for forgiveness. Tell him what you've done. Repent of those things. Then ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and savior, right? believe that he really was risen from the dead and that he is the son of god believe it and then ask for god to baptize you and fill you with his spirit ask for god to walk around and dwell within you right ask god to brim you over with his holy spirit right and expect to speak and have evidence of speaking in tongues expect for your native language your native tongue to be restored to you and for you to be able to speak in tongues Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. And the last thing is, okay, again, I'm saying freely eat in the kingdom of God, that God has health for you, he has healing for you, God has peace of mind, he has all those things, I'm saying you to freely eat, receive it. So right now I speak against any demonic thing that's keeping you from having your peace. I call you free right now in the name of Jesus. I'm speaking to any demonic thing that has you bound in addiction, I'm calling you free right now in the name of Jesus. Anything that's coming against your your right, for wholeness, for health, and healing. I'm calling you free right now in the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ, He died for your sins. Jesus Christ took sickness on His body by the stripes of Jesus Christ that you were healed. Jesus Christ took the chastisement of your peace, right? He took that. He took the chastisement of your peace so that you can have peace. So I'm calling you free. I'm telling you to receive it and walk in wholeness right now in the mighty name of Jesus. So I pray that this has been a blessing to you. It's been a blessing to me. What I'm saying to you is that you can freely eat in the kingdom of God, okay? So make that confession if it's on your heart. Confess Jesus Christ as your Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit to come within your heart, okay? If that is on your heart to do, allow the kingdom of God to actually be be deposited on the inside of you and your heart. Allow that thing to happen and eat freely. Receive all these good things that God has uh, had in store for you. Uh, So super is natural in the kingdom of God. Expect it. Have a great day.